1: Hello and welcome to episode two of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round one and preview of round two. This episode is brought to you by VAR, not only a tool for Mark Geiger to ignore, but also how fantasy scores are calculated. Uh, Oh, what? No, no. um, uh, No, actually, uh, it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss. And tonight I'm joined by co hosts Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. We're also, uh, we'd like to welcome our special guest, Andrew Crawlard, stats guru from MLS Fantasy Boss. How is everyone tonight? Hello there. Doing well. Doing all right. Hey, welcome back to the show, Andrew. Excited to have you on here, especially with some of the developments of the day. Uh, well, let's just talk about recapping round one and, and get to all that. Uh, how did your teams do, Mike?
0: Um, My team, you know, I went to my super secret source, um, you know, that we consult privately, we don't disclose. Um, they told me to go deep in Orlando and to drop Vaco. So I did terribly. My super secret source was terrible this week um got 65 um good chunk of that was because mccrary didn't play and so i switched to alfaro because he was one of the few people i could afford and then he got a red card and then um vazquez kind of bit me a little bit um with you know yotun and lima kind of putting up duds but uh 65 isn't the worst opening week score so i'll, I'll survive <laughs> that's
2: true yeah, my super secret fantasy source told me to drop Giovinco and Vasquez this week before the round started, which turned out to be a really good thing, but their replacements did absolutely nothing for me either. So I finished with 69. Um, had I not nice. made a couple of rolling transfers, I would have had something 75-ish, but I'm not too upset <clears throat> with the 69 to start the start the year off. Could have been better, but it wasn't all bad, and I learned my lesson, don't bank on the rolling transfers too much you end up thinning out your team a little bit andrew i
3: ended up with 79 points i captained giovinco so thanks for that dud um don't look at me
1: yeah
3: (laughs) and uh
1: i gained 2.1 in value so pretty happy about that oh yeah. yeah Big. Uh, well, you guys made me feel pretty good. Uh, I ended up with seventy-eight points overall. Uh, I tried to do a keepero this round uh, after having Bono go out there and get a three, and I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Fry back in there like I thought I should have done," who then rewarded me uh, also with three points. It was it was one for a while, so uh, <laughs> that was two million extra dollars spent that didn't didn't need to be. Uh, but I did have some changes after talking with Skyler during our bonus episode. So not a super secret source. It was, it was out there. Um, I had uh, added uh, Hosen on to my midfield and he did really well for me. And I uh, brought in uh, Bruin as well. And uh, he didn't get some goals, but he still brought five points on my bench though. I had a uh, two of my autoroos set up and I had uh, Rosenberry and Davies on the bench just there, just in case. Nice. And they came out big for me as well. I had 22 points. the two of those guys so um wish i had banked a bit more on new england not having much form but didn't got 78 i thought that was pretty solid like you guys were saying not bad scores um that's still in the top 650 for me so we're all on that range it was a strange week indeed i have to say though for this round one um lots of of good fantasy info though i'm just gonna start out with columbus Uh, i really enjoyed that toronto columbus game i think it came out harder than a lot of people might have expected. Uh, I did think there was some blood between those teams, so I wasn't completely surprised. But I was really impressed with the fantasy potential that I think Martinez has. What about you guys? Anybody else jump out?
2: Uh, Higuain is back. Um, Hopefully he can keep up the fitness all season, but he looked really good. And I know in a lot of the preseason talks we were talking, Columbus is going to live and die by how he plays. And if he keeps playing that way all year, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And I just got to gloat a little. I told you so about Zardes. He looks good in that center forward role, looks very dangerous against even a good defense like Toronto has. Um, So, yeah, uh, Zardes is legit this year. Uh,
0: Another guy who got a lot of praise out of that game, Valenzuela, um, 5.5, at least now defender, um, left back, uh, got a lot of praise, scored 11 points this past week, which is, is pretty good. Uh, I think he's definitely um, someone to kind of keep an eye on outside of the Columbus attacking um, presence.
1: He set up that goal.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Anyone for you, Andrew? For me, I think the
3: cheaper option of (laughs) Abubakar. uh, Yeah. Just for the value.
1: He had that crazy yoga-like save in there that was just wow. Uh, he, he and Saman both came up with some huge saves this round, and I always love it when a, a defender has a great save. He, Abubakar, saved some stuff that that game, and that was. He also got great hair. He and he and Eric got some great <laughs> hair. Uh, Houston, I believe. We're going get a Matt's. lot
0: more hair comments this year with it being like face profiles, aren't we? <laughs> uh, we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: right in front of your face right there. So you can really see it and appreciate it uh, uh-huh. more than anything else. Uh, moving on, Houston getting things done at home. Uh, I think Matt Pollard called this the game of the week to watch. And it was definitely exciting. Um, something I wanted to point out. I, I mentioned before that I thought a weakness for Atlanta was down that that center Field And maybe Andrew can speak to this in a second. He's he's excellent at breaking things down. Uh, But I I was thinking Atlanta was weak down the center. And the majority of shots that Houston had, both on and off target, came down that middle channel. So I think that's potentially going to be a weakness going forward for Atlanta. Um, But we all know that Houston just has that monster attack going forward. And I think that's what really came through for them at home. What do you think, Andrew?
3: Yeah, uh, Matt Doyle has been... For a long while now, I've been talking about how Atlanta has no real center mid-defensive presence. I mean, Nagby certainly isn't a guy that's going to play a lot of defense, Um, and I think that showed very much. Um, So Houston gave everybody a a blueprint, at least for now, to how to beat Atlanta.
1: Anybody else want to chime in?
0: I would just say that Houston and Columbus both have something similar where I think they're coming out as counterattacking teams which is a little bit different than what we're seeing a lot of teams do in mls and if they can kind of do that and do that successfully i think they're going to have a lot of success against the teams that we're expecting to kind of get bigger points you know we kind of were thinking more of this for houston last year um you know oh they'll be really great against the good attacking teams and we didn't have it come to fruition as much but, um, you know, if they can continue this over – because they're kind of zigging while everyone else is zagging, I think you'll see a lot of success out of both offense and defense.
1: Yeah, and that was what stood out to me about Martinez for Columbus is that there were several times where he just blew past on offsides and needs to just to rein it in a little bit. But he definitely seems like a guy with some speed who's going to want to burn those defenders in the future.
2: Well, didn't Houston do all of this without Mar- their Martinez in there, Tomas Martinez? Yeah, he was like, There were a couple – yeah, I mean, there's a couple of names that were missing. Kyoto didn't start. Um, mm-hmm. They've got Alvarez who can come in late. I mean, they but they did this without Tomas Martinez. That's huge. I mean, imagine what happens when he comes back.
1: Be one to watch. Keep an eye on. Uh, next, moving on to Orlando was a game I thought gave us some good fantasy feedback. Uh, <laughs> 1-1. Crazy huge save by Bendik. Uh, congrats to everyone who had Bendik waiting on their uh, in the wings for a keeperoo right there. He was definitely the one to bank on this round with that PK save. Um, But also two other guys I want to point out for the fantasy watch list, which is gone, but just keep it in your head. (laughs) Uh, Assad was on a free kick, and he got a goal. He's 8.4 now, so keep an eye on him. We knew his value at... Atlanta and that he was going to be dangerous for DC. And, and there he was again in the opening game. And then Stefano Pino uh, came in and got that equalizer for Orlando in just the, the closing breaths of the game. He was the NASL golden boot winner. So keep an eye on him, especially when Dom Dwyer is injured. He's 6.3 right now and could be getting some sneaky goals. Um, other than that, what did you all think of, I guess, Mike, going to throw this one to you, talked about bringing in a lot of Orlando, underwhelmed or are you really waiting for question to come back
0: um i was kind of average i mean I, th- the reason i brought in a whole bunch of orlando players um last minute like yoshio tune and miram uh, over Vaco, was because dc united flew in like the morning of the game like they flew yeah. in like 5 hours so i was like look dc's a bad team under bad restrictions you know, this is kind of one of those tiebreakers. I think it could be a big um, goal fest. Um, and Orlando did have success in creating chances, but they really missed uh, a forward to generate it to. I mean, uh, one of the things I was impressed with was Justin Mirum. Um He was eating DC's lunch. He was by himself, like with four DC defenders around him and they could do absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, you know, so I think Miram is someone going forward to, to have um, Yoshio Otun just had an off day. I think when Sasha question and Dom Dwyer come back into the fold uh, and they have some better targets, I think he'll, he'll pick up his production. But I, I think the main takeaway from this is DC was up a man and it, it was like when you're yeah. watching a Premier League team, one of the top five teams, go down a man, and they're still just relentlessly pushing uh, against the mi- uh, underman team, uh, I-, I think DC is in trouble if that's what we're going to see all year.
1: Uh, once again, uh, the late game strikes San Jose, uh, where they allow some goals in the closing minutes, up three to nothing against Minnesota. It, it was exactly what we all wanted to see. The players we wanted to to go off. Wando, Hosen were just going out there scoring the goals. And then Kevin Molino comes in in the 81st and the 85th and just shatters everything. So I think that gives us some questions about San Jose's ability to see out these clean sheets, which was a big concern last year. But if they can get that together, I think a lot of the pieces are looking pretty good for San Jose. Um, Do you guys credit San Jose more for this game or just Minnesota being Minnesota? Andrew or Blaine?
3: I I think it's a little both on this one.
2: Go ahead, Andrew.
3: I was just saying I think it's a little both on this one. I think home team, San Jose, they did what they needed to do. They got a bunch of chances and put some away. Um, And Minnesota, eh. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) plus they were an away team, so it's easy to avoid them. Well, We'll see what they look
1: like when they go home. Okay, now, Andrew, I'm going to rely on you to talk a lot for this this next one. Shocker and Seattle, LAFC, goes and upsets Seattle Sounders. This was the, correct me, guys, if I'm wrong, third or fourth time an expansion team has won
2: their first, first game? Something, Something like, that. like that. I think it might be the first time they've won it on the road.
1: Perhaps. Um, a lot was against LAFC going in here, <laughs> but uh, Vela and Rossi – Connected with a great pass, and Rossi just danced down the middle past uh, past the Seattle defense like they were nothing, and scores that that beautiful goal. Um, is this something to be worried about, Andrew, or is it just fatigue from CCL? Um, partially
3: fatigue, mostly rotation. We were missing about half of our starters, so I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, I'm I'm glad that we're taking CCL seriously, and it's our main priority, and it was very clear with the lineup that we put out
1: there. So, Were you all it. impressed with LAFC, even against that weakened side? Uh, they did all right, yeah. For, for being an expansion team, they looked
3: fairly organized, uh, despite how many <clears throat> shots they gave up. Um, a lot of them were not super high percentage chances, I think, um, from where I was sitting in the stands anyways. Uh, so... <laughs> I don't know when when they go home they they might find a couple guys laying on my squad.
1: Brag, brag. Uh, yeah, I th- I think um, they really came out harder maybe than Seattle might have expected, and and that's how they got that that goal earlier on. But Seattle definitely had their chances. Um, I liked them a lot more when Wolf came in, uh, but I I'm I'm not upset about Bruin being up there on top. He had some chances as well, and and an unfortunate offside call that that would have uh, seen my fantasy team some nice points. But I mean. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, we all can't can have that. Um, Blaine, Mike, you guys considering LA players going forward? LAFC uh, against, players?
2: Against the right defense, yeah, I'd consider some of those guys going forward. Maybe Atlanta? I mean, Ble- Blessing was all over the place. I almost put one in off the post early in oh, the game. Yeah. I mean, it just the chances were there. They came out their first 20 minutes, they looked great. And then they kind of settled into the game a little bit and slowed down. The defense was a lot of last-minute ditch defending. just It was bad at times. But they've got the right playmakers in there that can actually save them a couple of goals here and there. I mean, Simon was going crazy that game. So um, given the right matchup, and you know they play Minnesota at some point, yeah, I'll probably look at those guys in in the Minnesota game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. only thing I would add is um, on the Seattle side, uh, I thought it was interesting when Wolf came in. He pretty much took over all the set piece duties. I think he took a, he was on both sides of the corners and he took the free kicks. Um, that's something that could eat it a little bit into Ladero's numbers. If um, he had that you know, Wolf
1: vicious one also that almost went in the corner.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he didn't look bad either. You know.
1: Um, oh, he's
3: so good. He is so good. <laughs> he completely dominated both halves of both games that he's been in in real competition. Man, I am excited about him. Him and Dempsey definitely click and connect, and <laughs> we're just giving each other love at the
1: CCL game last week. So I think and he's
3: going to be a 7. big
0: one. 7.6, so he's yeah, going to be a big one.
1: That's what I was, was going to say. The way everyone listening from the fantasy side should approach this is, is Wolf is a great uh, otteru or transferu option. <laughs> a, a new t- term we're rolling out with. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be that guy you can keep on your bench and see what he does in a game. And if you don't like him, you can try to bring in someone more expensive. Uh, so that might be a way to, to – if you can't afford Ladero, that's that's a way to hedge your bets and use some of that value that, that's built in. So there's how uh, some of that new mechanic with the rolling transfers can be used.
0: And the best uh, part revisiting. about him uh, is I was just going to say, he played like, – he came on at halftime, I think, right, Andrew? Yeah. Um, and so – he lost 400,000 of his value. So he's super cheap. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Glad we didn't have him this time. Bring him in next time. (laughs) Um, Revisiting the Thunderdome Fortress, Kansas city, uh, or as I put in my notes, more like Helms deep after the bomb. Uh, Mike (laughs) Blaine, what, what happened?
2: I'll start because I don't want Mike to go on, go on (laughs) too much of a praise streak. Two minutes. Um,
0: Like that's not happening anyway. (laughs)
2: Well, uh, Kansas City came out with their new players, um, looked good in the attack, the defense, we had best, and they got run off the field by one of the best teams in MLS. I mean, there's no denying it. Top three team right now in the league. Uh, Medina went crazy. Um, they all season, he's going to be a must-own shooter. But, I mean, you had all of the big playmakers involved. I mean, Villa was didn't score a goal, still hasn't scored against Kansas City. We'll take that one. But, I mean, he set up the first goal for Morales, and Medina gets one. Uh, Medina could have gotten a couple more, I think, if Villa had passed. So, I mean, really, these two New York City, they played really, really well. And uh, Kansas City just did not look good on the attack. Uh, Diego Rubio should be benched after this and trying to – help him out and get keep him on the field a little bit longer just he deserved his chance but uh, he didn't get a single shot on goal in 60 minutes and got switched out and then shallowey came in and played really well should have earned him a penalty kick there gave him the best chances they had all game in his 30 minutes so yeah
1: you know, I have to wonder Mike. about that because I remember they during the LA game they mentioned that a, a complaint that Blessing had about why he didn't get more points at at Sporting Kansas City was that Pierre Vermes always made him come back and defend and he wasn't he was tired by the time he got the the ball up front. So maybe maybe that's the problem up there with your forwards, too much defense. Uh, Mike, your take on this game?
0: Um well, on the Sporting Kansas City side, uh I thought is it, is it Croje, Crozet. Uh how do you Crozet. say his name? His name? Croze. um he was terrible uh they did so ah. much better when he was off um <laughs> I mean I he he because I was kind of watching him particularly kind of like okay here's their big guy to replace Benny Fellhaber. and I was just like that ain't Benny Fellhaber.
2: <laughs> no Judy um, Air is playing in Benny's spot on the field uh Crozet is playing out on the right wing so not anywhere close to where Benny played
0: yeah it, it I mean I I whenever he was subbed out I was kind of like Oh, yeah, that's right. He was still playing. Yeah, he's not good. Um, I mean, I I was kind of surprised by the chances that New York City generated. Um, I mean, I, I, I... Uh, messaged uh, Reed and a bunch of the other people in chat uh, at halftime. I was like, I I just wish David Villa would be introduced to Jesus Medina because he was sitting wide open on a few of those shots and if David Villa had passed instead of take uh, bad shots, um, New York City could have scored four uh, including at that last 3-1 to um, shot where uh, Lobato had that um, really fantastic run. Even as a New York City fan, I was impressed. I was angry, but I was impressed. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's a great win. It's the best win of the weekend going on the road to a Western Conference team playoff team and getting a win is fantastic. And, um, you know, fantasy-wise, Hazers Medina definitely needs to be on your radar. Um, I mean, he was subbed out early, but I think it was basically because Ronnie Wallace probably should have been subbed out, but they left him in for the heading. Um, the, real, the real problem for New York City was they did not look good on set pieces. Um, if you look at Sporting Kansas City's XG numbers, they actually had pretty good XG numbers, but I don't think outside of the potential penalty kick and red card, they got any chances from open play. Most of their stuff came off of corner kicks. And so um, that's something to keep in mind for Kansas City and something to keep in mind for New York City's defense. You know, they, they've got to, they got better in the second half, but they've got to get better um, if they're going to go to Yankee Stadium and face all the uh, set pieces that they deal with there.
1: All right, and the uh, last game I'm going to highlight, uh, L.A. Galaxy. Uh, they're back on the right track is what it seems like. Uh, not a whole lot of of fantasy nuggets from this one. I really want to point out just that Ola Kamara scores in his first game with L.A. and also Alessandrini is involved, but maybe some injury concerns there. I'm sure Mike will get to later. Um, Portland also scores. Valeri not involved this time. Uh, it was It was Blanco, but L.A. Seems to be starting to get things back, and so there'll be people, I think, to look at going forward as viable options. Uh, Those are games that I liked. Anything else that we didn't cover that you guys want to add before we move on? All right. Well, then let's touch on the housekeeping before we get to uh, some of the super serious Reddit questions that we got this week, which I want to devote a good amount of time to. Uh, another bye week. I got called out by uh, some of our friends on the R slash Fantasy MLS forum this week. I I said in our first show that it was a bye week every week. This I was I was just joking around. Not it's not that's that's not what's happening. There's often a bye week this this year. Uh, the times when we have double game weeks that that's not going to happen, but. There's a lot of buy rounds, so just check out the schedule. I've got the spring schedule posted at MLSFantasyBoss.com, so you can get a, a nice little little view of just this first season. Uh, but this week, Dallas, Philadelphia, San Jose, Seattle, and Toronto are all on a buy, so uh, those are players that are going to be ideal for your transfer ruse, your auto ruse, or your keeper ruse. So look for their cheap guys and bring them in. Uh, also. Congratulations are in order to, uh, <clears throat> at MLS to us men's national team, us MNT, uh, on Twitter, the winner of the MLS fantasy insider promotion, uh, contest that we had going on. We had the first podcast out there and I said, retweet and follow for a chance to win a scarf. Well, he has won and I uh, got his information and you will be receiving the first scarf of 2018. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. so much. Um, and uh, we're going to have some more of those going out throughout the season, so look out for your chance to win some swag from MLS Fantasy Insider. Also, going to say, uh, I meant to do this last week, but I just didn't have a chance. Hello to Aaron Long's parents. Um, I got some emails as the season was starting from uh, from Aaron Long's parents. I found out who are into fantasy games, so that's pretty cool. Glad you guys are having fun. Hope you're enjoying the tips. And if Aaron ever wants to come on the show or, or play, we'd we'll be happy to have him. Ah, oh, Lily. <laughs> uh, and of course, Patreon. Uh, I just got a video posted for the new prize tiers explaining everything there. Social media follows, website acknowledgements, Google Hangouts, stickers, pint glasses, scarves, as I already mentioned. It's, it's a lot of fun. Giving a shout out to new people who have become donors since the last episode. Um, Nathaniel Quants, Lawrence, Coalition, Uh, Tim Warner, Rick Stanford, Daniel Cook at our lowest level. Uh, A little bit higher, we've got Mark DuPont, Dan Warchel, Kyle McElney. Hey, he's an MLS Fantasy Boss staff. Daniel McGuire, a little bit higher. We've got Stephen Morgan, Mike Jonah are also all new contributors. So thank you so much for uh, contributing to the show. Remember, if you become a contributor to the show, you too can have your name mispronounced by me on the podcast, so um, it's a badge of honor for things like that to happen, Uh, but thank you so much to all of you new donors and everyone who has been donating for the past several years, Uh, I have a special announcement here first and haven't even tweeted this out yet, I'm working on a new sticker for 2018 so those of you who got stickers a couple years ago, that's right, I got a new sticker and those will be going out as well, so I hope everyone enjoys that if it goes over well, we might try to uh, do this every year or maybe even get feedback from the patrons of what kind of sticker they want. So thank you so much. Uh, that's all I have for housekeeping, except for now Mike's injury report.
0: All right. Well, well this is the information that I'd be psychotic not to share. So, uh, let's get started. Uh, Victor Vasquez, uh, pain in the lower back subbed out uh, before the 60th minute. Uh, it's lower back upper leg, but quote, not too serious. Um, they have a bye week uh, this week anyway. Um, they have CCL action. So we'll be able to get some good indications on how serious that injury actually is. Uh, Juan Cabezas uh, for Houston um, was subbed out in the 15th minute. Um, not quite sure what his injury is. Uh, Leandro Gonzalez Perez uh, was stretchered off. Uh, I don't remember if we have an update on, on him, but obviously something to uh, look out for with Atlanta having a home game uh, this week. Um, oh, right hip contusion for LGP. OGP. I knew I had something on there. Uh, let's see. Um, Cody Cropper was supposedly ill for New England. Uh, I think he may have actually just straight up lost the job to uh, Matt Turner, but that was some of the in- information coming out of New England uh, when that lineup uh, came out. Um, let's see. Kemp and Canoose apparently have both been um, struggling with an injury, uh, although because we don't get a whole lot of preseason information, uh, we just found that out uh, this week. Um Let's see. Uh, Delamea, red card. Uh, he will be suspended. Uh, PC for Orlando, um, red card will be suspended. Uh, Saverino uh, for RSL was subbed out off early with an injury. Uh, Diona, also for New England, subbed out. So, yes, that is both of their starting center backs. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I said subbed out. He got a red card. So, they are both suspended for next week uh Don Lotti got a hamstring issue uh in the 29th minute of his match uh against San Jose uh no update for that but usually that's a few weeks um now while Simon was a surprise play Walker Zimmerman was a surprise absence um kind of really vague LAFC seems to be imitating their um brothers in Carson when it comes to injury news and just um there's a vague medical exam maybe tightness in the leg I'm not really sure. But anyway, he missed this game. I I wouldn't depend on him uh, for a while. Um, Roman Torres, uh, he was subbed at halftime, but I'm just preempting this. He was not injured. It's probably a CCL precaution, so uh, don't worry about that if you're looking for him Um, next week. Obviously, he has a bye this week. Uh, Then Alfaro, as we already talked about, received a red card. He will be suspended for um, Seattle's next match. Uh, Maxine Chanot, he received a red card for a dog So. Um, so he will be suspended for New York city's next match. And then, uh, Roman Alessandrini, uh, pulled up with what looked like a hamstring injury. Um, I'm guessing he'll probably miss a, a, a match or two, but we'll have to see. Obviously it would be a big loss for them, uh, traveling cross country to New York city. And so that's all the news. That's a fit to print, um, special thanks to, uh, Andy Winner and the soccer cooligans for shouting out uh, the injury news. And that's where I got the psychotic joke that I made at the beginning. So,
1: (laughs) very nice. It looks like we're having red cards again this season, as we did last season. So,
0: plenty of red cards.
1: Fun times. Fun times. Okay. General Reddit questions. I know this is a time that the guys have been waiting for, and maybe a lot of you have been waiting for. uh, The big question of the day I've gotten a lot of messages. Thanks so much to everyone who retweeted. That's exactly what I wanted. Um, If I'm able to help, I I love to try to help get some of these things answered for you all. Okay, so things did not go exactly as expected during round one, and I'm not just talking about uh, the games. Um, Points were not initially calculated correctly. Uh, DNP did not play. Players were not initially tagged. Clean sheet determinations were in limbo. Uh, people were wondering if a caparoo was going to be a thing, head-to-head league owners had to scramble at the last second to get teams actually working, um, and it, it's left a lot of people frustrated, understandably. So, so let's vent and clear some things up. Um, I've got a note from the desk of Ben Baer, and he says that the score issues have been resolved, and we should be fine for the rest of the season. Um, this was just, just a one-week thing, and that scores will lock at 9 a.m. Eastern on Monday from now on. So I think that covers a bulk of the questions that I received about scores, but I know there are lots of other things. So Andrew, Blaine, Mike, I'm going to open it up to let you guys just talk about some of the feedback you've been getting. You have to scramble Thunderdome for who goes first.
0: Well, I, I guess I'll start because the the, the other ones are are quiet. Um, it's horrible at thunderdumming. Thunder now. Uh, okay. Well, I, I will bring so I will bring some thunder. Um, this launch has been an unmitigated disaster, and the league should be embarrassed from the very beginning with not having rosters locked, um, with the issues in the interface. It, it, it is a total disaster and it was avoidable um this thing was not properly tested period you know i mean i'll i'll talk about it from this like a broad gaming standpoint if you follow any other video game or game launch in the industry what they do is they bring people in have them test the game usually they put out content you know promoting the game as well um then they fix the bugs and they go through one or two phases of testing before they actually launch in order to get input. Was that done? No, I know it wasn't done because like, if you think about like the people in the fantasy community, as small as we are, you know, not, I mean, I think only Reed got like two weeks advance notice of this. Like, you know, other people like Andrew or Travis, like, did they get it? I I don't know. Did I get it? No. Did I get any input? Did anyone ever ask, like, hey, look at this user interface in October? We're gonna test run this during the last few weeks. Uh, why don't you play with this since you spend so much time, you know, devoting to fantasy? Why don't you help us out here? Did anyone ask me to do that? No. Did anyone ask other people like that to do that? No. This is just pure laziness. It's a severe inattention to the game and I don't know if it's a lack of willpower if it's a lack of process, a lack of organization a lack of resources, whatever this product is not acceptable you know, let's do the Taylor Twellen rant what are we doing? what are we doing this is ridiculous that you can have a game that the points aren't right that you have a game whether they're yo-yoing i mean bendick i was watching because i had him in my keeper he went from five to nine to seven all after the game that's ridiculous this code is not up to par so i mean regardless of the fact it doesn't work and i mean i, I get that ben is now sending us a message that you know now it's fixed well, well quite frankly I'll believe it when I see it because nothing about this launch has worked from the very beginning when they mislaunched it, the, you know, a day early and all of that, none of this was done right. None of this was done with testing. None of it was done seeking input from the fantasy community. So you have this user interface, which is awful. I mean, I started a Reddit thread, you know, And People gave me all these suggestions. I can't go through them all because we'd spent an hour going through all the problems of the interface and how it has made it so much difficult to play on mobile when the whole spiel from Ben that we got last November was this is going to be so much better on mobile. I, I, I don't know what's gonna be in this app, but I can't imagine that it's gonna fix the problems of this interface. The problem with this interface is it's terrible, it was not designed with input, and it was not designed with the user function in mind. You, you wanna how about the numbers from the weekend? The one that really stuck out to me was 22.8. That's how many thousand people played this game. That's like an 8,000 player drop. This game needed attention, it needed good promotion, and it needed a good, strong interface at launch, and it didn't get it. There needs to be soul-searching at MLS. If this is something that they care about and they really view that it's a driver, it's going to boost the league, then they need to actually give a damn about this game. And that means getting input, that means getting testing, that means talking to the community. Whether it's you know us here at the podcast, fans, I, I don't care. Just show me that you actually tested this. This should have been tested last October. Week one of the actual game should not be the test where we start re- realizing that our code is just absolute garbage. Um, this is ridiculous. I hope that we get an apology from MLS for this. This is now the second year in a row where there's been a massive glitch year one. Last year we had the, um, you know, the opening weekend challenge and then, oh yeah, head to heads uh, went through. Sorry. It's not good enough. I don't know if it's, we're not having the right personnel there or we need more personnel resources. It's not good enough. If you're going to promote this product, you need to actually do it. Stop half-assing it and let's get it done right.
1: Blaine, Andrew? Wow. Uh, I think that pretty much covered most. of it. <laughs> I was going to say that seems pretty comprehensive, but I think it sums <laughs> up the uh, the atmosphere. Um,
3: <clears throat> yeah, I, I would just like to say that at the very start of that, I thought that was actually Taylor Twelman. Like you sound eerily <laughs> like him when you're mad.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not.
3: <laughs> I don't know, but it's a thing.
0: <laughs> hey, now we can that's have Taylor Twelman impersonated. <laughs> what is y'all? What are we doing?
2: Yeah, the one thing I would like to say, adding to that is, I agree with where Mike ended up on that. Um, I really don't feel like MLS cares about the game as much this year. Um, I know Ben has been a huge proponent for the game. He has always been there to back it up and support it. But I don't feel like some of the conversations we've had off camera and away from this have really given me a lot of faith in MLS support of the game. And I know Ben has been very quick to answer any bugs, any glitches, any problems, but he's just one guy. Um, I think he's putting as much of it as he can into, into this game to make sure the finished product is something that's worth playing. And I know they're very quick to fix bugs, fix problems that they find. I know the scoring problems were a mess in how they were fixed, but everything that got brought up was addressed in as an IT guy, what I would consider a timely manner. I mean, they didn't, You can't be perfect. You can't fix it all the instant you find it. But I was expecting this to carry on for a couple more days, and they got it fixed this morning, which I was mostly impressed with. Um, But yeah, I'm really nervous about where MLS is taking this fantasy game and if we're going to be stuck playing on a third-party site and hoping that ESPN or Yahoo or somebody else picks up and runs the game because the league chooses not to run it here in the next couple of years. And I think Mike's right. Um MLS is gonna have to put their money where their mouth is on this. They're either gonna have to invest in this game or they're gonna have to let the rights go and let somebody else take over and give us a game that's playable from the get go. I mean the numbers of twenty two thousand players when we've had thirty thousand players the last couple of seasons, that's huge and that's all on the interface. Um I'm not I'm not a a big fan of it, but I also don't hate it as much as everybody else, but I can see why this interface has turned a <laughs> lot of people off. And I play a couple of draft leagues. I play a homebrew draft league where we rely on these stats to come up and these points to come up because we scrape their scores from MLS because it's a fair uh, arbitrary system to use. We we had guys trying to submit scores today and we, I had to call them in and go, Hey, we can't take your scores yet. We got to wait till they get this fixed. I mean, this has just been a horrible launch. And I don't think MLS has got it, but I think there are people inside that are trying to fix it. And a lot of credit goes to Ben bear on this one, because I think he's done tried to do what's right for the fans who enjoy this game and tried to keep it going. I just don't know that he's getting enough support.
0: Uh, one, one thing I, d- I do want to add that that does make me very concerned for, for, from the MLS standpoint. Um, I don't think all the prize winners from 2017 have been contacted um, there have been a few cases where, you know, people have come and tweeted at me and I've passed them on to Ben and, and the issue has still not been resolved. Uh, I'm sure that's just a matter of, you know, Ben being overwhelmed with the, the rushed preseason, um, which probably is a, is a commentary on where fantasy is if they're just giving it as like a part time thing to, to Ben. I mean, that that that's unacceptable. You know, the the game has been over for months. The, these people deserve their prizes. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, that they're not being resolved and they're not being addressed, um, you know, in many cases just not getting responses is just not acceptable.
1: I'm going to jump in real quick here, and I'm going to jump to the, one of the last questions we had for, from Reddit right now coming from uh, Mr. Frumble PDX who uh, Distilled basically says, can you guys or someone be an om?" on ombudsman or go between to deliver info regarding uh, hiccups and fixes need to be made to the fantasy game. And, and, and that answer is yes, right there. Um, We've, we've been fortunate uh, with, with our podcast to, to have some, some close connections with MLS uh, through myself helping out there. And then through them being on the show from time to time and participating in our league at, at times as well. So, so we have some connections and, and none of us care to, Send an email or or reach out uh, from time to time to find out what we can uh, to get the information. It's why I wanted to make sure this question was part of our discussion tonight because um, we're we're not part of the league with with our podcast. Uh, they they help us out. We we help them out with trying to grow the game. But this is an issue that a lot of the the players are very concerned about. And so we wanted to give it the the light and the air that it deserves. But if you have questions, yeah, like Mike said, if you haven't gotten your prize messaging Ben bear on Twitter is the best way to do that. I I can't do much more than that myself, and I'm not sure what the process is behind there, but um, Ben wants to help as Blaine was pointing out. Ben's done a lot for, for us. He's done a lot. uh, We, we fantasy players. He's done a lot for the game behind the scenes as an advocate. And it, it just takes in some sense numbers. Uh, And this is maybe a a pitch that falls on deaf ears uh, or an echo box, depending on who you are listening to the show. But if, if people can stick with it, which is what I encourage everyone to do, having numbers is what speaks to, to higher-ups within any organization, within MLS, within within your own company, or wherever you are. Um, if there are people who are interested in this game and are playing this game, those numbers translate. So if you haven't played for a couple of years, or if you decided this year you're not going to play, I'd encourage you to start a team to, to help the numbers increase as someone who is interested in in MLS fantasy. Maybe not this version or the current incarnation of it, but someone who is interested in seeing MLS fantasy grow and prosper. Having more numbers helps Ben make a better argument for why we need more funding, why we need more attention. Um, So maybe that's not an answer that people like right now, that we just need to wait and hold on. But to some extent, I think that can help the overall long-term plan. You guys feel pretty aired out, ready to move on to uh, some more questions? Yeah, let's go. Okay, let's move on. What are we
0: doing? (laughs) (laughs) All right, now I'm good.
1: (laughs) Okay, now you feel good. I feel okay. Um, So uh, Thawing Chain, who had several questions last week, wants to know what is the biggest change that we noticed in the way that we had to prepare and then play the game this season compared to last year? Andrew, you haven't got to talk a lot yet.
3: Uh, Yeah, I think one of the – Biggest changes that uh, surprised a lot of us this morning was the way the price changes are calculated. Um, As far as I'm aware, we still haven't fully cracked that code yet, but the maximum price change seems to be plus or minus 0.5, which is huge. It's huge. It's massive. Um, It also seems to be tied to the player's current price. So uh, more expensive players have to get a higher score. Um, or else they're going to lose value, um, and and the cheaper players that score well are going to gain a lot of value. So we saw a lot of the guys that are, you know, seven point five, eight or less, uh, gained you know, 0.3, 0.4, 0.5 in value. So uh, that's that's one way that we can build our our bankroll early in the season is to take some risks on those cheaper guys, uh, especially defenders. I'm going to be playing five defenders for the first couple weeks uh, simply because that seems like the least risky way to uh, build a bankroll so I can go for the big guys later in the season.
0: Anybody else? Uh, just to build on that, you know, if with two seasons, it really kind of makes sense to, you know, once we kind of understand the price uh, system more, to spend the first half of the year – building the bankroll, and then going forward in the second half. um, That prize dynamic can really change stuff.
1: Now, for myself, uh, I uh, really utilized the rolling transfers a lot this season, uh, which that was the biggest change for me. I didn't do it at all last year. I would set up the occasional switcheroo uh, last year. I didn't do it too terribly often, but I I did use a switcheroo last year. Uh, But I tried the keeperoo this year, and I had a a couple of players for an auto set up as well this time. uh, My Keeper Rue backfired. I think it's a good time to point out now. People had worried that this min-maxing was going to be a way that just would blow people who were casuals out of the water. And I think a lot of us experienced this time that uh, you still have to know the teams. You still have to know the expectations of of what a team can generate or what their points are going to be. And even then, because MLS can come in there and happen and uh, Seattle allows one to L.A. and ruins their clean sheet and knocks out a whole bunch of points for you. So um, that that was the biggest way for me is is actually kind of being around for some of those games that in the past I'd be like, well, i got a switcheroo set up so I can just kind of casually follow that. Now it was more of I need to make sure I get that lineup.
0: Yeah, I definitely felt like I needed to pay more attention to every single lineup this year in a way that I, I did not last season. Uh, I don't know if that's good or a bad thing. I, I can definitely see it being a lot more intimidating to to some casual players.
1: We'll try to make that easier for you guys. Uh, moving on, Chicken Bucket FC says, "Is the keeperoo and a double switcheroo the way to go every week from here on out?" We were starting to touch on this, Blaine. I think you answered this online already.
2: Yeah. So, um, <coughs> quick thing on the keeperoo. That is a very high risk, high reward type of way to play. Yep. Um, as Reed found out um who do you have bono he got his three in the first game i mean if you get the clean sheet there you come out golden you leave your scrub in there you get your clean sheet bonus points right away if not you're upgrading uh, a cheap defender from that four million range up to a five and a half to a six you're going to lose a million to a million and a half minimum doing this in order to attempt to get a second higher score there's a lot of risk but if you get that zero one two three score from your goalkeeper in that first game it might be worth it if you're trying to min max takes a little bit more work whatever um switcheroo auto roo um i am officially calling the switcheroo dead it has been replaced by the auto roo if you don't like it tough it's gone um the idea here is you pick one scrub to throw in your lineup who's not going to play preferably on a team who's on a bye you put two guys on the bench Highest score comes in. There's no, oh, I like this score. He's in my first sub spot. No, highest score comes in. doesn't matter who they play, when they play, where. don't have to touch it. What's really cool about this is this works with two and three players. So you put two scrubs in your lineup, put three players on your bench, and you drop the lowest score of the three on your bench, and you get two two scores there. never have to touch your lineup. That's your auto-roo. It has completely replaced the switcheroo. You'd set it up just like you would a switcheroo, but you never have to manually touch your team. You just let it go. Um, if you've got two, two scrubs and three bench players, if you've got two scrubs to throw in there, put three guys on your bench that you think aren't going to score as well as the rest of your team. Take a look at who you've got those three scores that you think are going to be lower. The lowest one's going to drop off, but you've got all your big point players on the field already. So you don't ever have to worry about possibly losing an eight or a 10 from somebody just to get this set up. So that's really the way to go. The other option that you have here, the new thing this year with the rolling transfers is something we don't really have a term for it yet. I'm calling it the transferu for now, but that can change. So if you've got ideas, hit us up, tell us what they are. This is you put a medium player on, the, on your bench with the scrub on the field. You want to see that, that score from your bench early. And then you go just like a keeperoo. You don't like that score. You go digging in the rolling transfers to find somebody to throw on the field in place of this guy that just played. For the week coming up, a name I'll throw out: Tyler Adams, seven point five. Does he have an early game? I don't know if he's got an early game. This may be horrible, but you pick somebody who's got that early game. I'm just got, I've got Tyler Adams he out plays here. Saturday Let's,
0: night, so it's I mean it's like the seven o'clock last, yeah.
2: Second to last. Okay. Well, so I mean, you'd have Sunday games. You'd have the Sunday
0: games. You've
2: got your Sunday games. We'll just use that. Tyler Adams on your bench with the scrub on the field. You like what you see from, he gets two goals. You leave him in there. He's going to sub in. He gets two points. Heaven forbid he gets a red card early on, loses points, whatever. You go get rid of your scrub, go find somebody else to throw in on the field to replace him so that you don't take his auto sub points. Now, this can be very beneficial especially as you see cheap players come rolling out but you're thinning out your money on the field at this point you've already got 7.5 infested into a bench player now you have to upgrade a guy on the field and you're going to probably have to downgrade somebody else somewhere along the lines to do this i know i got caught up in this list last week got to see the first game i threw osorio out there thinking oh he's gonna do okay he got me four points as I saw it that day before the scoring malfunctions, I was like, Ooh, I could do better. Um, let me go grab Gressel because he's cheap and playing the 10 role for Atlanta. Well, that worked out even worse, and I had shot my money. I had to downgrade Vaco to get somebody else. I mean, there's a whole lot going on here. It really burned me. I didn't have Vaco in my lineup. I had Badunjan in at one point. And he wasn't in my lineup anymore, and I had to drop Wando at the same point. I ended up finding a way to get Wando back, but that's, I mean, long story short there, I ended up costing myself five, six, seven points, and I wasn't too upset with all the tinkering I did losing those points. That said... It could have been a whole lot worse. You could lose double-digit points. You could lose twenty points if you're not paying attention. You make the wrong change by thinning out your lineup and really cutting your money on the field.
1: Well said. Uh, we'll see. If we can come up with a, a glossary of terms going forward with this. Uh, um, maybe maybe rolleroo, rolling transfers or rolleroo. I kind of like <laughs> kind like that. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you guys, let us know what you like. Do you like rolleroo? Do you like transfer? What what do you like for these terms? But uh, yeah, this is definitely a a tactic that a lot of people are going to need to know about and, and utilize going forward. Wrapping up these next two questions real quick so we can get on to our game previews. Uh, lots of games with un, unexpected, went in unexpected directions this week. Do you think uh, they'll be more predictable going forward? C-M-M-A-T-Z-A-T, I don't know. Um, Kamatzat, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, that was his question. Uh, can we go with hashtag because MLS for this? I think that's the best way. Uh, um Yes, my answer, uh, as the season goes on, we'll get more XG numbers. Those will get more accurate. We'll just have more data in general to to look at, so they will become as predictable as something like this can be. Uh, I think CCL also played a factor this weekend there we go. for some yeah. of the big
3: teams. People are yep. tired. People were rested. So that okay. should go away in a month
1: or so. And that was a question we had last week as well about that impact, so you're seeing it right now. Yeah. Uh, final question comes from Blue Staples. Uh, early front runner, runner for worst team in the league right now, Mike.
0: The New England Revolution.
1: Blaine.
2: Uh, yeah, it's got to be the Revolution right now.
1: Andrew, uh, I was going to say
3: the Revs, but I would like to also give some hate to DC United.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a I think there's a healthy competition between those two teams. Um. Uh, I'm going to against hold it the, uh, the edge because of the red cards <laughs> um, and benchingly win. If you benchingly win, like you're an idiot. So I'm going to
1: hold win and
2: answer. don't start Kellen Rowe. I mean, yeah.
1: So I'm going to hold my answer until I see the result of new England versus Colorado, because I think those are Fair. a couple of teams that not quite so sure about that. I feel the DC comments a bit harsh. I think they've got some, some uh, power to them in in the future, but we'll see how all that plays um, out. Thanks for the questions.
0: They, they did not start Patrick Mullins, so no, they're a terrible team. They should be... Uh, well, you're
1: just biased right there. Uh, thanks for the questions, everyone. You can always comment on our weekly questions thread over at r slash fantasy MLS, the subreddit over there, so check it out. Uh, now it's time for our game-by-game game preview. First off, Columbus <laughs> versus Montreal. Blaine. Blaine.
2: Um. Montreal surprised me last week by getting that late goal. But until that, when the game was already locked up for Vancouver, they really didn't look that great. Um, Columbus started off with that Epic win in Toronto. Um, Everything's got to go to Columbus this week. I really do like this matchup. They're at home again. Um, Yeah, this is going to be, this is probably going to be an ugly one for Montreal. I'm going to go ahead and say a three Oh scoreline on this one. Um, Pick your poison from uh, uh, from Columbus on this one. I was testing out some lineups today, and one lineup I ran had Iguain, Pedro Santos, Zardes, and I've got Martinez in a swiru on that one. There you saying it's dead, and then I use a term. But yeah, I've got Martinez in an roof. I mean, You've got Abu Bakr and Stefan who could come in here. You could easily grab three defenders, but I think their attacking options are probably a little more valuable this week. And the potential price rise on any of these guys is good too. So I'm looking at that, but this is probably a game where you could load up on four players from one team. And Martinez being at the 5 million mark is an easy Otteroo option. It's the first game of the week. You'll see it. You're not investing that much money into this player to see his score. And you could do the transfer off of this one pretty easy. Cause there's not a ton of money here. He's at five. Your typical scrubs going to be four. So Yeah, this game is just good for fantasy. Um, I'm looking forward to it.
1: All right. New England versus Colorado. This is like the wooden spoon game right here. Mike, what do you think?
0: (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, with Lee Wynn's situation uh, and him not starting, Faroe being uh, penalized for I have no idea why he wasn't uh, starting. Uh, and then New England not having their two center backs, um, this is just an awful game fantasy wise. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, if you see the lineup and you know Wynn is in there, Rose is in there, maybe. But I mean, I, I don't know if I can tell you with any uh, confidence who, who's going to start. What what Brad Friedel is doing. Um, I, I mean, the only kind of recommendation from from what I saw from the Philly New England game was uh, Panilla or Panilla. Um, 7.6 uh, forward he he lost a lot because he got subbed out early um, but when he was out there he, he was impressive he was um, making some pretty good runs so you know if you're really looking for a differential maybe someone to stash on the bench as a cheap forward option um, that's something uh, especially because they do have an early game uh, I think theirs is the second game to kick off so if you want to do any of the fancy ruse um, he's an option uh, Colorado's cross-country traveling. Uh, I think they're better than some have expected based on uh, their performance against Toronto in the CCL, um, but I don't know that I can recommend any of them for fantasy. So probably like a one nothing New England win, maybe a nil-nil draw. It's probably just an awful game. I, I would avoid this game fantasy-wise just so you don't have to watch it. So. <laughs>
1: Okay, Real Salt Lake versus LAFC. Andrew.
3: I am super high on RSL, putting on my Jason hat here. Um, I think they're great. They've got a lot of great young playmakers, uh, and and their attacking style is very different from what LAFC just saw against Seattle. RSL creates by dribbling, um, whereas Seattle creates by passing. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, deal with, a very different style there. Um, uh, also earlier, I'm not sure if we gave out a shout out to Tyler Miller. Holy crap, he had some yeah. beautiful saves for LAFC. Uh, so he's he's seems to be earning that starting spot by all rights. So he's someone that might be an option when they go home. Um, speaking about being at home, Rusnak last year. Was an absolute monster at home the last half of the season, so he's definitely one that I think is worth the risk on. Uh, considering he's he's a more high-priced guy, um, most likely will be in my team. We'll see. Uh, and the back line, uh, Demar Phillips, uh, seems to have been a casualty of the clean sheet issue, so he ended up actually getting a price drop. Um, even though he should have had a clean sheet and a price increase, uh, so he's super cheap now. Uh, so if you're looking at a cheap way to get into RSL's back line, he's he's your man. You love for Plata? Uh, yeah, man, he's a really goal? entertaining to watch, and he does some good stuff a lot of times. But he's so hit and miss. He's a guy that's going to score ten points or like three.
1: <laughs> What's your score prediction? Uh, three to one RSL. Nice. All right. Chicago versus Sporting Kansas City. Blank. Wait, before
0: we move on, I just want to say Phillips got credited for the clean sheet, but he still lost 100,000 value, so I have no idea what is going on there.
3: <laughs> yeah, so uh, they, they switched that clean sheet glitch after they had initially finalized the scores. Um, uh-huh. And so the price changes went through, and then they made the correction and changed a bunch of people's scores, and he was one that uh didn't get the price benefit because it was too late
2: God. so buy low well that sucks if you had him but if <laughs> you didn't have him that's great
1: Playing chicago versus sporting kansas city
2: um yeah i don't know what to make of this game anymore especially after seeing kansas city play against new york city um go defense on both sides here um This is a road game. Um, I don't expect either team, or I don't expect Kansas City to keep the clean sheet this week. Uh, I think there's too much firepower in Chicago to get the clean sheet on the road. Um, I think Kansas City is going to find a way to score. Um, I'm guessing Rubio is going to be benched. Shallowy looked dangerous and was just looking for goal every chance he got. Wasn't taking stupid shots, but not all of them were hard saves either. Um, I expect them to try to find a way to. Win or score a goal this next game. Um, I expect Croizet to be benched, and Jericho looked pretty good this le- or in his twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes. So I am going to go with the one-one prediction here, and I really don't see any fantasy standouts from my end. But if you think Chicago's going to run all over him, and Kansas City's defense is a little suspect this year, um, take a flyer on Nikolaic. I mean, he's if if somebody's going to put one or two on Kansas City, it's going to be him. Hey, Houston versus Vancouver. Mike.
0: Well, it's kind of surprising we've gotten this far uh, into the podcast without mentioning this year's uh, current uh, fantasy MVP, which is Sendero's with 19 points uh, and a .5 uh, price rise. He got a goal, got the clean sheet. Um, So, you know, Vancouver has had their struggles scoring uh, despite what they did uh, against Montreal. Um, We'll have to see what they do uh, against better competition. Um, but on the Vancouver side, we probably need to talk about um, Davies. Uh, you remember him from last year? He kind of fell off the map. Uh, I think he's got the starting spot down, and he's $6 million even after a, a big price uh, jump after getting 12 points last week. Uh, if you want to do a, a a cheap way into the switcheroos and the keeperoos, or not a keeperoo, obviously, but you know what I mean, I mean, he six million. You can afford him. He's only two million more than your um, scrubs. Uh, I mean, that that's a great opportunity. Even on the road, you kind of want to get these low, cheap guys in order to maybe have that chance at a price rise. So I think that's something to to consider. The kid's got a lot of talent. Europe's looking at him. Um, obviously, you're going to spend most of this game looking at the Houston side. Uh, Houston has a lot of really good, cheap midfielders. So that's kind of the theme of this, uh, of this game. Um, this can be where you could get a lot of your budget action. <clears throat> um, Martinez will be coming back from suspension. Um, Wenger had a good match uh, last game against uh, Atlanta. Uh, I think he could be something. Um, Saren is a defensive midfielder mostly, but he did get nine uh, points. I think he got an assist. Um, so I don't know if he can replicate that, but 6.5 mid, again, that's an easy one to kind of put into an auto-roo. And then forwards. Elise is now up to uh, 9.5 so he's not a premium uh, forward but still a really good option and then Minotis he also got nine points uh, last week so I mean really up and down the Houston attack uh, I think you could be justified Vancouver we we have to see after losing Parker if they're going to be really good defensively I tend to think not so I think Houston's got some goals I see 2-1 maybe 3-1 for Houston here
2: yeah, two notes to add here for you, Mike. Um, Darwin Seren was that early sub for the Juan Cabezas injury, and right. he got him he got a goal, not an assist. Oh, okay. And then uh just a fun little side note to point out, Alfonso Davies was ineligible for Vancouver's man of the yes. match voting because he is only 17 and uh, it's the Budweiser or Bud Light man of the match, and he <laughs> is ineligible to pose with the Bud Light logo. While not being twenty-one, so he cannot be voted man of the match. Otherwise, he would have won it in a landslide.
1: Interesting, very interesting.
0: Man, uh, get the man a beer. Come on.
1: We'll, we'll send him one of our well, pine glasses.
0: He's not I'll a man it. yet. A <laughs> pine glass for a
1: non-potent potable. Uh, New York Red Bulls versus Portland. Andrew. So New York,
3: they might be one of those. Champions League rotation risks and being the home team makes me want to mostly avoid this game. Um uh Colin is probably the main guy on my radar, mostly because he's so cheap. Not sure if he's actually gonna be the starter or not for this weekend, but we'll see. Uh coming in at four point five, just great value with a good potential for big price rise if they end That's up. That's ridiculous what that he cliche. was a
1: couple years ago.
3: Yeah, right. Um <laughs> And then uh, I'm pretty sure Kaku is now in the game, uh, so he potentially might be starting in this. One to keep an eye on since he's a new player to the league. Uh, big, <coughs> he's their big signing that uh, hopefully will do some good things to fill in for Question's shoes. Um, on the other side of the game, uh, we've got Portland that are the away team, mostly avoid uh, Valeri. Man, he just did not look his normal self in this last game. Um, he's not on corner kicks or indirect set pieces or anything like that. So I think you got to avoid him for now, especially with the way that price changes are calculated. Uh, he could easily end up being another price drop
1: again this week away from home. What is your score prediction? Two to one, New York. Orlando versus Minnesota, Blaine.
2: For the end of the Minnesota game last week, I would have been all over Orlando and say, take your pick wherever you want to go. But Minnesota showed us, say, do you know how to score a goal still? Um, still really do like Orlando in this game. Should be an easy win for them. I'm going to go ahead and predict a 3-1. But if you like the way Orlando's defense is shaping up, that's one to look at for your clean sheet. I'm not going to predict it, but I would say it is a possibility. Um, you've got a lot. You've got a few options here. I won't say there's a lot of options for Orlando. Uh, Miram is almost a must own at this point, um, just the way he has played or he played this first game. The way he looked, uh, he's going to be central piece for all of this attacking presence in Orlando. Um, Take Pino as a bench option, auto rue, whatever you want to look at him there. Um, potential is there if he's until Dom Dwyer comes back. Um, I'll agree with Mike from earlier in the show. I think Yotun had an off game. I think he is one you could take a risk on this week and do pretty well. And then, uh, Bendix, a easy keeper option if you don't see a, cl- a good clean sheet option here. He's definitely one of the guys I'm keeping an eye on.
1: This is this a four player team for you?
2: Um, I don't think you end up going four, but I just threw out some of those options because I think there are sure. four potential candidates you could take. It's just kind of which ones do you want? Sure.
1: Okay. Atlanta versus DC. Uh, Andrew, these seem like two teams you might like to talk about. Uh, talk
3: about DC <laughs> mostly to hate on how much Benny sucks as a coach. <laughs> I
0: love so much.
3: Yeah. That, I've been on record saying that many times. No surprises. Um, and again, uh, Atlanta basically non-existent through the center midfield defensively. So DC, uh, is Costa back now? Did he serve his suspension? I think so. Yeah. So he might be worth a shout as an away player if you're into that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> simply because, man, Atlanta looked that bad defensively through the middle. Um and last year, D.C. had Atlanta's number. Pretty sure they won all three games. So yep. I don't know if that's going to be an indicator or not, but something to keep in the back of your mind for some doubt. Um, that said, I still do believe in the Atlanta attackers. Uh, Martinez, Almarone, both of them, fine choices, um, especially since I think D.C. is going to struggle on defense again this year quite a bit. Uh, so having those big attacking names, I think this is the game to go for for that.
1: Um, I'm going to predict three to two for Atlanta. Do we know if DC they they chartered down to Orlando, so are they just going to take a bus back to Atlanta <laughs> and then up to is that is that the plan? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That helped them save on their travel costs. Uh, Mike, your turn. Round out only nine games this week: uh, New York City FC versus the LA Galaxy. <laughs>
0: Well, um, New York City will not have uh, for uh, after his red card. Um, however, I, I guess we'll see who exactly uh, replaces for him. Um, Patrick Vieira does have a few options. I, I wouldn't kind of go there. Uh, LA's been enough of a threat, and they were pretty good on the road last year, uh, although that was with Alessandrini, and, and I'm expecting him to miss. Um, but I think the, the key here is the New York City attack. Um Medina, David Villa. If you want to go the big, big uh, price forward, I, I think he's the way to go this week. Other than maybe Martinez, um, Morales, I think is is a good option uh, as well. Um, maybe kind of keep an eye on if Jonathan Lewis starts. Uh, I'm not expecting him to, but th- this might. I'm expecting Lewis to get rotated in at some point, so this might be a game. Uh, for that to happen. Uh, I'm thinking this is probably a 2-1 uh, New York City win, um, and, and your fantasy value is all in the New York City attack here. Uh No one from L.A., especially with Alessandrini, out. Uh, I just don't think there's anyone I, I would really depend, especially with the cross-country trip.
1: All right. Now let's move on to our chalkboard picks. Uh apologize for not getting that out very early last week. Uh Got some stuff going on. I'm getting married on Saturday, so um, – other things pop up that I need to do. So I'm uh, going to try to get that ready though, early this week to get that posted for everyone to see. Uh, but chalkboard picks. Uh, Blaine, who do you like a keeper?
2: Um, right now I've got uh as is my number one and I'm still trying to decide on a backup. Right. Mike.
0: Uh, I've got Bendick in the keeper room. Bendik
1: in the keeper room. Andrew. I've got Stefan and Bendick. Okay, moving on to defenders, Mike.
0: All right, I have <clears throat> I have five this week. Um, I'll tell you which ones are in. Uh, I have a double Otteroo uh, going right now. I have Ben Sweat, um, El Munir for Orlando, uh, Parkhurst for from Atlanta, and then the two in the Auto Switcheroo are Valenzuela and Justin Glad.
3: Andrew, I've got Colin. Phillips, Abubakar, Sweat, and maybe Garza. Okay,
1: Blaine.
2: Um, I lost my lineup on my PC, but I'm looking heavy at RSL. I've got one draft that I wrote up that's got Phillips, Horst, and Silva in there. Uh, Abubakar, if you don't go with the attacking options um, from Columbus, is definitely an option here.
1: Okay, moving on to midfielders. Andrew. Andrew. Almaron,
3: Higuain, Martinez, and Martinez.
1: <laughs> uh, break those teams up for us.
3: Uh, Martinez from Houston and
2: Martinez from Columbus. Right. Uh, Blaine. Um, Higuain, Santos, Martinez, and and Miram. Okay. Mike.
0: Uh, Miram, Rosnack, Higuain, and then Davies is the last part of my uh, auto switcheroo.
2: Okay, forwards, Blaine. <coughs> um, right now, I've got uh, Zardes and Joseph Martinez. And nobody in the third
0: spot. Mike. Same as Blaine, Martinez and Zardes.
2: Andrew.
3: Uh, I've got Swagudello, Manotas, and Silva.
1: Okay. Now let's move to our captain pick, Mike. Your early front runner.
0: I have Rosnack right now.
1: Andrew, Almeron, Blaine, uh, Oh. Three different ones. I like it. And finally, clean sheet predictions, if you have any,
2: Andrew. Uh,
3: Columbus first and foremost, probably
2: RSL as well. Blaine, I've got Columbus and RSL as well. Mike?
0: Uh, I think having seen DC's attack, I'm going to go with Atlanta.
1: All right. Thank you so much, guys, for all those tips and game breakdowns and excellent conversation earlier on. I hope everyone finds that entertaining and helpful going into round two. A quick update on the Fantasy Insider Hosts Invitational League. Uh, No updates just yet. That's the update. Uh, Head-to-head start in round two. If you do have a head-to-head league and you are having some problems, uh, just set the league down to however many people you have. I started out with a 30-man league just thinking I'd get the max. I had an error because I only had 22. Once I put it at 22, everything worked out. So look at that management option there, and that should help you out. That's all that I have for that. Uh, Final plugs, Blaine. Uh, Nothing from me. Mike. Mike.
0: At MLS Injury News, um, I'll, thanks again to Annie Winter and the Soccer Cooligans for shouting out uh, my account on their podcast. It was really fun to be uh, talked about on another podcast, so shout-out to them.
3: Andrew. A lot of good stuff going
1: on over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Check it out. And, of course, I can't reiterate that enough. Check out MLSFantasyBoss.com. Uh, Blaine and Andrew contribute over there. Uh, check out Mike's Injury News. It's a great source for all those updates. Uh, I'm going to be off for the rest of this week and next week because, as I mentioned earlier, I am getting married to the most wonderful woman in the world. and uh, I know. Thank you. And I will not be around, so Mike will be... Be hosting next week and uh, we we get everything edited and posted.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so that's what's going on there. Uh, big thanks to Andy winner who's going to be taking over doing the picks articles at MLS Soccer dot com for me. So we'll see how his picks compare to mine going forward with that. Uh, but be sure to check out them. MLS Fantasy Boss and r slash Fantasy MLS in the chat that we have in the sidebar, and and uh, check out Patreon just to see what's going on there. But uh, there's lots of good people who are going to be here to help you guys get to the point scores that you want to get. So good luck.